So I invite you to make use of the phrases when needed, especially moments of crisis. The, the language can be helpful. So, um, my happiness or suffering are the result of conditions and how I am with them and not my wishes for myself. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a little bit over the top. So it's enough. You know, I think that the, you've got the, you've got the you've got the, 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 the yeah. The, the first two are are good enough. I think. It's probably better in Pali. Yeah, I don't know the Pali. <laughs> yeah, probably sounds better. It's true. Probably it's very very. Pali words can be sometimes really short and sharp, and then English has to have a whole sentence to explain. Yeah. yeah. Where are these phrases from? The phrases are traditional, they go around, I guess they are from the Pali. Um, they're in, you know, the texts and the books uh, on, on equanimity or finally. The first one is, may I accept things as they are? problem with the word accept because it's a little bit of a pressure I prefer the word allow may I allow things to be the way they are I, I prefer it personally but the traditional language is you know, whatever thank you for that because I found myself caught between allowing yeah. and thinking you have, and this is what it requires <laughs> so you, you disaggregate yeah, it's a pressure, a slight uh -huh. pressure. Yeah. So, yeah, you had a question here um, at the front. Oh, I did, yeah. Yeah. So, in some of the, the meditations... In the meditations, particularly when we did the visualisation right. uh, practice, um, not sure about everyone else, but I certainly immediately went to a negative situation. Where, yeah, I think we all did. It's something you'd want to avoid. Yeah. But I was wondering... Um, share some perspectives on equanimity with the, the positive mm -hmm. and, and that kind of clinging on to, to joy or things you don't want to lose, which yeah. I don't worry about as much, uh, but I think mm -hmm. is a kind of harder to understand and conceptualize, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, a, a very obvious joy is going to be the result of conditions. So there'll be conditions that you create for yourself where you have a lot of fun. And there can be even spiritual practice that creates a lot of ecstasy, rapture, uh, and a kind of uh, up, up feelings uh, that you get a bit addicted to. Um, there's some meditators that really keep going because they, they go, ah, it's, all, it's like uh, ecstatic. Um, so, Indeed, they also need to, uh, you need to address those with more equanimity because they are more relative. They are relative. 
That means an ecstatic experience is ecstatic because there wasn't one before. And it will lead to another experience later which is not ecstatic. So that an ecstatic or a very joyful experience is the result of conditions that create a joyful experience and then other conditions will come who create a non-joyful experience. So it's always like that, depending on conditions. And equanimity with, joy, with joyful experiences softens it to become much more contentment. And contentment, uh, okayness, is a deep okayness that's much more default. It's a default condition, I would say, uh, of people on the spiritual path who are very mature on the spiritual path. They're not looking for ecstasy at all, but they, there may be a, uh, a just a basic uh, contentment which stays and then, of course, you don't need any equanimity uh, to kind of change that. And um, I'm thinking of special states of meditation, where all the time the equanimity is applied to soften states of, of, of super kind of ecstatic uh, experiences. And then the, the texts say, and apply equanimity and soften it, because it's dependent. And then more equanimity and more equanimity, and then it all leads to a much more sense of contentment, which is deep and basic and okayness in life. Like you were saying about you know watching your hands, it's just, it's just it's not ecstasy in your hands. It's okay. My hands are fine. They're just alive, and so that it goes there. The equanimity. So we're coming to the end of the day, and um, a couple of announcements um, from my side. Uh, all the books are sold, so, uh, I think, and that, that's, that's great. <laughs> and um, but of course, you know, they're all available in in uh, Amazon and leaflets. Are there still leaflets? Yeah. So you can get a leaflet and and. Uh, and it will tell you how to get a book. And I'm teaching online, and also the leaflets will tell you about that. I just want to ask you, please, don't be put... It's brand new. The online courses are just developed. Just before I left to the States, we sort of put the finishing touches to them. So far, there's three. There are going to be more. They are deeper dharma. They're not beginner, beginning dharma. And one on self and non-self, one on the paramis, the qualities of... Um, of a, um, should we say, uh, inner perfections, inner qualities, and one on Paticca Samuppada, dependent origination. Don't pay attention to the price on the, uh, I'm trying to get it changed, but it's technical. When you open the page, the price says $300, but if you read down, the, you see, you'll read that the price is totally adaptable. Okay? So just keep reading, and you'll see that you, know, you can adjust the price uh, according to a kind of a whatever, whatever you want. Um, so that's, they're available now, and there should be more uh, coming up um, eventually. Um, and you're welcome to open my website, and there's stuff, reading materials, and bits and pieces. Um, I'm not doing, I'm doing one more event in New York on Tuesday evening. 
JCC, which is the Jewish Community Center in Amsterdam Street. Uh, that's at 7.30, and that's about the issue of conflict and uh, working with conflict and working with um, activism. So that's on Tuesday evening. Then I'm going to Cambridge, Massachusetts, and then I'm flying back. So I hope to come back. I've got, an, as I say, a new book uh, that I'm just putting finishing touches to, so maybe when that book's out, I'll be persuaded to come back to New York. Not so much, but in this book itself, there will be. There's, first of all, there, there's a whole article about uh, about um, states, situations of war and conflict uh, that I wrote. So there's in this book, you'll find um, you'll find material. Yeah. I saw on your website that um, you have a lot of uh, books about uh, herbal medicine. And, That's uh, history. That's my history. So you're not, you're not, you're not doing, doing with it today? Um. No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I, I had to. <laughs> I found myself with three full-time jobs. One was my profession of 30, 40 years, which is um, working with uh, herbal medicine and... Uh, uh, alternative medicine, writing books. I wrote 15 books on, on herbs and so on. Second one was rapidly growing, and that's being a grandfather. <laughs> and the third one, huge, is more or less running the Israeli Sangha of thousands of people and teaching like 15 retreats in the year, etc., etc. I had to give up one of them. So about four years ago, I gave up my um, career and I and these books are rather old. I guess you can still buy them in Amazon, but uh, uh, they're, they're history for me. I'm no longer working in the field. I have to drop something. Before we go, just one moment to share merits, just as a traditional uh, way of wrapping up the day together. And it's uh, basically a sense of gratitude and appreciation for the teaching. And the teaching has been rolling for thousands of years. And it doesn't just belong to me or you, it belongs to all of us. And we can really sense that the Dharma is a gift that rolls through us. And as it rolls through us, it rolls out of us to others. This happens spontaneously. And so we can just summarize it with a small sense of blessing, just as I've been blessed by Dharma teachings. I would like the blessing to flow out of me to the world. <laughs>